You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Pete Weatherburn, our vet, is here from Brave Vet O'Connor as he has been coming in for the last, I don't know, 20 years, is it? Just about 20 years. I think I've probably been in this radio station longer than anybody else, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a testament to us not being very good at finding you out. Anyway, <laughs> you can't sack me because I'm a volunteer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you have it all covered, <laughs> don't you? Anyway, thanks for coming in for all those years, Pete. Um, so uh, today you're going to talk to us about um, spinal injuries in pets. Yes, I, I think spinal injuries are, are a very interesting problem and the um, the implications of spinal injuries are very interesting, not just for pets but also for humans. Um, it's one of the biggest challenges in modern medicine is how to deal with them. The classic thing is a dog or a cat would be hit by a car, um, the owner would come home and find them you know, lying there looking bright and chirpy but unable to, to use their back legs. They take the animal to the vet and the, the, the vet examines the animal, maybe takes x-rays and says, look, I'm afraid your, your pet has a, has a broken back and can no longer use the back legs at all and the consequences will also be that they're completely incontinent um, and unfortunately in the animal world that often means euthanasia. Um, so it's one of those very serious problems that um, at the moment modern science hasn't a remedy for. You know, it's interesting in that if you, if you damage your liver quite badly, let's say if a big section of your liver was removed, well, your liver could just regrow liver to replace the damaged tissue. If you break a bone, the bone can, can be really badly damaged, but with time and if it's rested, it will grow back together and the bone will heal. Yet, if the spinal cord is damaged, if the actual two ends of the spinal cord are separated, that's it. They will never be able to grow together again. And that's a really big issue for, for human medicine as much as with veterinary medicine. Yeah. It's a, nature got that one wrong, didn't they? I, I think you could argue, yes, that it did. Like, why, why, why didn't nature get that right? Why, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, I think, I suppose... The most crucial thing, you would imagine. Yes, you, you, you would think. But and look, yet, it can't put it together again. We, we are where we are, okay? <laughs> oh, right. and, and science is trying to adjust nature, if you like, to, to, to fix that particular issue. And the, um, it's one of those interesting areas where veterinary medicine, in some respects, could be seen to be a little bit at the forefront of things because you can do trials and so on in animals in sick pets um, perhaps more easily than in than in sick humans um, you know so, so at the moment for example um, there's a, a Iowa State University is doing a trial on dogs uh, um, with um, paralyzed dogs and what they're doing is they're asking people paralyzed dogs to bring them to them and they're injecting an enzyme called chondroitinase into the areas of the damaged spinal cord. And the hope is that the, this drug works by dissolving away the scar tissue that forms a barrier in the spine after injuries. And if the scar tissue is dissolved away, what can happen is new nerve fibres can actually then grow across the breach. Um, and so this is one of the really exciting things that's been done. The trial is just underway at the moment and hopefully results will be with us by the that end of the year. sounds like money. 
Well, it's, it's, it's not actually. It's, it's, of course, money's involved. This is actually sponsored by um, an, an international spinal disease charity. Um, it, it, it's not directly about money. It's genuinely about moving science forwards. Another one that's been used is there are specialised nerve cells, um, stem cells, stem-type cells at the back of the nose. And they, they, they're taking samples of those and transplanting those into areas of damaged spinal cord. And again, they're finding that some dogs that have been paralysed are able to walk again. So, you know, it'd be wrong to give people false hope, but it is certainly an area where science has got this seemingly impossible problem and it's gradually nibbling away at it. Um, I mean, the thing is that people with paralysed pets will know that it's, it's a real dilemma because you have an animal that is perfect, if you like, from from the, the, the middle of the chest forwards. You have an animal that's sitting up, looking around, conscious, happy, everything is 100% normal. Yet, from the point of injury backwards, the animal is non-functional. Um, and, um, you know, some people, because they find it so difficult to carry out euthanasia on an animal which is apparently so normal, um, wheelchairs are used in pets, just as in humans. In pets, it's, 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 com- it's particularly complicated because, you know, they, they can't care for themselves at all, so you, you have to you know, mm. all the nursing care to stop pressure sores to make sure that they're um, passing urine and feces. And what do you think of that, that vet, the Irish vet? I think he's from the Midlands, of County mm. Leach or somewhere like that. He's on yeah. British television and he does all these remarkable operations. Bionic takes, vet, no yeah. Fitzpatrick super vet. Yeah, he's, he's a great. Uh, um, pioneer, and he's doing all sorts of interesting things, including treatment of spinal disease. Yes, he's doing things like um, putting new, new, new feet on on uh, new prosthetic artificial feet on on pets that had feet amputated, and um, he actually is pushing the barriers beyond what a lot of people, including vets, feel comfortable about. Do you know there will be occasions where I don't know you might have a very elderly pet with a. a that requires massive surgery that's really complicated and very, very expensive. And so the animal gets six months more life. And people are saying, well, you know, is it right to go that far when when the, the benefit is so apparently small? And is there a possibility that people doing that sort of work can be taking advantage of the emotional distress of people who are very attached to their pets and who are still going to lose their pets in six months or a year's time, so they're still going to be upset. You know, is, is it possible people like that could be taking advantage of, of situations? Um, but I, I, th- I think that Noel does it with the best intentions. You can see from the, how upset he gets when things don't work out that, you know, he, he takes it um, you know, very personally and he, he's, he's doing his best. Oh, um, but it's a controversial area. Yeah, how far, how far is it right to go? How much money is it right to to pour into a, a, a sick animal um, when there are people dying in this world for the sake of a simple meal. It's a, it's a, it's a dilemma that vets often have to consider. Midworth Burner, vet from Brave Vest TV3 and his website, petethevet.com, where you can hear this broadcast again.